This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, I'll talk with the CEO of the Helpline Center here in Sioux Falls, Janet Kittums. There's been a lot of exciting changes happening within the Helpline Center. For one, the 201 number is a statewide number coming up on its year anniversary. The Helpline Center just moved into a new building, and there is a new nationwide number that is launching on Saturday, July 16th called 988. The 988 number is for those who are having emotional distress, suicidal thoughts, and other mental health crises. This number is also used to make others feel comfortable about talking mental health. Janet is going to talk to me about these changes and more, but if you have any other questions, you can always visit the Helpline Center's website at helplinecenter.org. All that and more coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. Hi, I'm Trooper Henry with the South Dakota Highway Patrol. I would like to encourage you to make sure you're utilizing a proper following distance. A good distance is about one car length per 10 miles per hour. So at 65 miles per hour, you should have 6.5 car length between your car and the one in front of you. This is a major cause of the crashes in the Sioux Falls area. Please help us combat following too close. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. I'm being joined over the phone with the CEO of the Helpline Center. This is Janet Kittums. Hey, Janet, how are you? Good. Good to be with you this morning. Absolutely. You know, thanks so much for joining us. There's been a lot happening over the last year or so, and you also have a lot of exciting stuff happening at the Helpline Center here in Sioux Falls. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about the Helpline Center itself. Janet, for anyone who isn't aware, please tell us about the Helpline Center. Sure. The Helpline Center is a nonprofit organization. Our main office is located in Sioux Falls, but we do have satellite offices in Rapid City and also in Brookings. Um, we have a couple of core service areas. Um, the first one is our 211 phone number, which people are very, probably very familiar with. So that phone number is available 24 hours a day, and that's to access information about community resources and also as a point of contact during times of disaster. Um, the second kind of focus area that we have involves our volunteer connections program. So we serve as the volunteer center for the communities of Sioux Falls, the Black Hills, and Brookings, and we match uh, people who want to give back and volunteer in those communities with the nonprofits um, and what opportunities those nonprofits have to volunteer. And then we support and recognize volunteers in the community also. Um, And then our third area is really focusing on suicide and crisis um, work. So we currently answer the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is a national 1-800 number. We answer that for the entire state of South Dakota. Um, So we are certainly helping people who might be having thoughts of suicide and our family and friends who are concerned about our loved one. But also a part of that um, programming is we do a lot of support work for survivors or those family and friends who are left behind by a suicide loss. We have support groups and classes and just outreach phone calls and visits to really help them through that journey of that that grief process. And then we do a lot of suicide prevention work, doing trainings and outreach services to talk with individuals about how they can 
help or prevent a, a suicide from, from happening. So those are kind of in a broad brush stroke, everything that's going on um, at the Helpline Center right now. I mean, there's always something happening over there with you guys. In fact, you just had a walk not too long ago. How was that for you? Yes, we just held our 11th annual Step Forward to Prevent Suicide Walk, um, and it was a beautiful event. We had over 600 people that attended and really was a nice way to um, bring awareness to um, suicide and to talk openly with those folks who have like what we call lived experience. They have had thoughts of suicide themselves or perhaps have made a suicide attempt. And then to also remember and honor those loved ones that we have lost to suicide. So we did a like a lovely kind of balloon release in honor and memory of those individuals that have been lost. But great turnout was a wonderful event. That's awesome to hear. Now, how many people would you say benefit from your services at the Helpline Center? You know, um, we... Rough number. I should have started off with that. Very rough number. Yeah. Well, you know, it varies every year with how many people lives that we touch, but definitely um, over uh, 70,000 people every year that we, we come in contact with, for sure. Oh, wow. That, that's awesome. And, you know, part of this growth for you guys, it's a bittersweet kind of thing, too. You're also in a new building, so that has to be exciting. Yes, we made a move just six months ago, um, and we went from 5,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet, so definitely more space for us, but we, we really needed that. We had been kind of growing and expanding so much over the past two years that we just had literally outgrown our other space, and this allows us to continue to add programming as we need over the next couple of years. You mentioned this already, Janet, that the Helpline Center is known to provide various volunteer opportunities, especially when the community faces turmoil. Now, this was really evident during the 2019 floods, the tornadoes, and now there were some new storms and more damage around the Sioux Empire. So during between 2019 and even the storms that just happened recently, how did the volunteers at, from the Helpline Center help out? Sure. So each disaster is a little different on the needs um, in the community and uh, what we ask for volunteers to respond to. So in some of those cases, it might have been filling sandbags or placing sandbags um, or helping homeowners move um, items from a lower level to a higher level in their home if they were concerned that their lower level might be flooded. Um, some other ways that we uh, had volunteers help is when there's storm damage, um, there's a lot of cleanup that has to be done, whether that's um, trees and branches that have to be picked up um, or it might have been damaged to a home and there just has to be um, some pickup that's done in, by the house or the, the yard. So it's different every single time, but I'm always, always impressed with the people in the community that step forward to help their neighbors. We're just I'm so thankful for that. Oh, absolutely. So with this past storm, what kind of volunteer work did people do? This past storm was a lot of um, tree and branch kind of pickup and debris. So um, we sent uh, teams of volunteers out into the, the um, areas of the community that were probably hit the hardest by the, the wind and um, really helped those um, homeowners kind of pick up branches and you know, pieces of trees that had fallen down. And then to haul that debris out to those um, sites that the city had set up where that debris could be taken to. So really made a difference for a lot of people, especially those that are um, elderly, disabled, 
just not physically capable of picking up um, branch or debris like that and then making the trip out to the debris site. They don't have a truck. They don't have a trailer. So really made a difference with that. What are some other bigger volunteer projects that the community can participate in besides the storm cleanup? Well, the great thing is, is the Helpline Center sends out a weekly um, email um, that has like uh, opportunities for that week where people can volunteer. Um, so there's always, always need for uh, different events that are going on. Um, I think the most recent uh, volunteer uh, email that we sent out had to do with a, a special um, project that's going on with the community outreach, or not community outreach center of hope. I'm sorry, they're doing a breakfast fundraiser, so they're looking for volunteers. And then speaking of disaster, they're doing a, a mock uh, kind of disaster drill at the airport, and so they need some folks and volunteers to help out running that mock disaster drill. So lots of different opportunities to give back in the community. Um, no matter what your interest is, we can usually find a way for you to give back. There really isn't an area that is not touched by the Helpline Center, is there? Right, yes. We end up talking to folks and community organizations from, from every walk of life, that is for sure. And I'm sure the people that you do help out, say the elderly, I'm sure they're always appreciative of it, too. What kind of feedback do you hear from them? Yes, um, certainly the uh, older adults um, certainly rely on the 211 or the Helpline Center to provide them current information. Or if they need resources, they know they can always call us. And then we also have um, an outreach program where we make outreach phone calls to individuals that are older and just to support them and con connecting to resources, but touching base with them on a regular basis, usually once a week, um, just to check in with them. And that uh, is a tremendous resource that I know they appreciate. If you are just listening, I'm being joined by Janet Kimmins. She is the CEO of the Helpline Center. Now, Janet, we already talked about one of the fundraisers, the suicide prevention walk that just happened. But what about some of the other fundraisers and events that happen for the Helpline Center? Sure. We have a couple other bigger events. Um, we have one that's coming up in July. It's our golf tournament. It's called the Helpline Open. And so that is obviously teams of people coming out to golf in support of our suicide prevention work that we do. Um, the other large event that we do uh, once a year is called our Spirit of Volunteerism Awards Banquet. We hold that um, in April during um, generally around the National Volunteer Week. And so we recognize all these amazing individuals in our community that just give back of themselves so selflessly. And so it's nice to have a day to celebrate them and, and recognize them during that, that breakfast. We'll get more into this in a little bit, but how does it feel just to have events come back, like great fundraising events and programs for you guys? You know, oh, yeah, always makes a, a, a big difference. Um, just to know that you have that support in the community, um, that people believe in what the organization is doing, and um, they support you by coming out, and they support you by um, giving a donation. Um, so we, we don't take that lightly at all, and we know that those, those dollars are so important, and so we want to make sure that um, we spend them in the best way possible to support um, people um, in the community. 
Yeah, it was a rough couple of years, still kind of ongoing with the COVID-19 pandemic. For the first time for many people during that time, isolation was at the forefront. You know, we couldn't be around other people, and that was tough for some to handle. And the pandemic especially affected people's mental health. So let's go back to the beginning of this pandemic, if you can remember that far. How did (laughs) the Helpline Center respond to this crisis? Sure. Um, Right. When the pandemic happened in early 2020, um, we uh, were we knew that we were going to receive an increase in phone calls from people seeking information about COVID. We just didn't really know what the impact on our call volume was going to be. But I think um, in 2020, the first year of the pandemic, we uh, I think reached uh, over 100,000 people reached out to us either through phone or email or texting. And a lot of that was um, information about the latest information about COVID or vaccine, and then also information about um, just support, financial support. A lot of people were unemployed during that time, and then they needed resources to pay their rent or they needed food access. So we were so happy to serve in that role to connect people with those resources because many times these were individuals who had never reached out to us before for assistance or for help. So it was good to know um, that they, they found us and we were able to connect them with resources. It probably takes a lot of partnership with different organizations to guide people to these resources. So during the start of the pandemic, would you say that you did a lot of collaborative work with these organizations? Yes. And so, in fact, in our resource database, it has um, over 5,000 programs and agencies in that database. And we had to reach out to all of those programs because we had to update um, if the program was still operating or if it was operating differently now because of the pandemic. And so we ended up talking to, of course, and partnering with all of those agencies, that, especially the ones that provide basic needs. You know, I think we probably worked the most closely with our food distribution uh, programs and then our financial assistance programs because we were seeing such a dramatic increase in need from people in the community. But yeah, the Helpline Center is all about collaborating and working together. Um, So I think that just shone through during the pandemic. We were kind of living in this new normal, sort of speak. You you know, how did you and your team react to this situation? Yeah, so it was an adjustment for us, you know, as everybody was impacted by the pandemic, the staff at the Healthline Center were impacted not only because of what was happening in their personal lives, but because at work we were, you know, 10 times busier than we were prior to the pandemic. So, um, you know, when you left work at the end of the day during the pandemic, um, it, was, it was exhausting because you were helping so many people. And then when you went home, you had to deal with just the reality of your your family or your friends or what was happening in the, the world with the, the pandemic. Um, so we had to, you know, really try to take special care of our, our staff and make sure that we provided support for them during this uh, difficult time. What was the biggest adjustment for you, your team, and just the Helpline Center in general? You know, I think the biggest adjustment was seeing how quickly we could move and adapt to meet the needs um, in the community. Um, we uh, knew that we could react pretty quickly because we'd done some things for disaster, but we've never done it to this level with the pandemic. It was just um, a tremendous number of people needing help all at the same time. 
So we, of course, had to hire extra staff to come in and answer those phone calls. And so we were able to do that. We were able to ramp up pretty quick to answer all the additional phone calls. Um, so that, that made a huge difference um, with the support we were able to provide to the community. So that was probably the biggest change is just um, the sheer influx of the call volume that we experienced. You have to give a lot of credit to your team them to be able to pivot like that so quickly in such an unknown situation. Yeah, they are amazing. Um, I mean, the people who work at the Helpline Center um, have been just uh, real troopers over the past couple of years with not only the pandemic, but the other disasters that have kind of come and gone um, through uh, answering the 211 phone number. So they've been there um, to uh, provide answers, resources, and then, of course, of course, just the emotional support. And that was a big piece of what we saw during the pandemic is people, they, they needed resources, but they also just needed to talk about what they were experiencing in their lives. No one had been through this before, and so it, it created a lot of different emotions in people. Sometimes people were very anxious, and they had to kind of talk about that anxiety with us. And then sometimes people actually reacted with a lot of anger. They weren't angry at us at the Helpline Center, but they were just angry about the situation in general. And so oftentimes we became that sounding board that people would call in and just express those angry feelings about the situation at hand. But we just listened, offered support, and, and got them connected with whatever resources that we thought were going to help them through that difficult time. In some cases, too, listening it just means a lot in itself. Yeah, I think just having somebody that, that was there to, to listen does make a difference. And I think if they talked with us for five minutes or ten minutes and then it just kind of calmed them down and, and stabilized them, I think it's just a touch point to know that somebody's out there, somebody cares, and that we, we are listening to them. And so I think we do that on a daily basis. We just ended up doing that a lot more uh, during the pandemic. Janet, what can you take away from this pandemic? You know, what did you learn? You know, I think um, that uh, the Helpline Center is capable and prepared to stand up for any type of disaster situation. Um, and so we were very proud of the work that we did to support folks. The other thing I think I would take away is that um, the service that we provide at the Helpline Center I think as we just talked about, one of the key elements is that we have real live people answering our calls all the time, and it makes such a huge difference to provide that support of a real live person and connecting with them on a personal level. So um, just reinforced how critical and how important that is in our community. It's all about that human connection, too. That's another reason why people were so frustrated and just so anxious because they weren't seeing anybody. Right. We, we had a lot of people that were um, isolated in their home by themselves. You know, I can think of several calls, especially from some of our older adults that, um, you know, especially if they lived alone, um, they, they weren't leaving their house at all to get, you know, groceries or to go to the doctor or to go to their church. And so it was um, just them by themselves. And so having that touch point of reaching out and calling the Helpline Center really did just bring kind of some um, like a point of hope back to them.
If you are just listening, I'm being joined over, over the phone with Janet Kittum. She is the CEO of the Helpline Center. Now, Janet, Mental Health Awareness Month, it just passed. And now more than ever, the discussion about mental health is critical. In fact, some people who struggle with mental health don't always feel comfortable discussing it. And now there is a new number for those services. It's called 988. So, Janet, why don't you tell us about the new number and 988 itself. Sure. Um, The 988 phone number is scheduled to go live on July 16th, and that will be a nationwide launch. So um, the Helpline Center um, answers the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is a 1-800 number. And so several years ago, the FCC um, set aside the three-digit phone number of 988 stating that they wanted an easier access point for people across the country when they were needing mental health uh, or substance use kind of support through an emotional crisis. So um, that phone number will become much more than just a suicide crisis line. 988 will be the phone number for people to reach out if they have any type of emotional distress, a crisis in their life, um, whether that's regarding mental health or substance use, and of course, if that person or family member that they're calling about um, has a suicide crisis, that is the appropriate phone number to call also. Yeah, I was talking to the other Janet about this the, the other day, and she brought in Megan to tell her story. In fact, she was just the speaker for the Suicide Prevention Walk, and she's, you know, she's very open about what she's gone through. So, Janet, if you can, why don't you share a little bit about Megan's story? Sure. Um, Megan did a beautiful job speaking at our walk. She speaks from the point of uh, having lived experience. Um, Megan in her life has had a couple of instances where she actually attempted suicide, struggled with depression and anxiety, and also uh, substance use. And so she did a very nice job at the walk, kind of uh, explaining to people what that was like for her, what that experience was, and what brought her to the point of coming out of that darkness to a point in her life where she's doing really, really well, and she's very, very stable with that. And so having somebody to connect with and knowing where, where you can get help, what those resources are, are a critical piece of that journey back to um, healing. So 988 really does represent that for people, that it's an easy-to-remember phone number, that hopefully will become synonymous with accessing help and hope for any kind of uh, mental health issue. Mental health is something that is widely discussed about here in South Dakota. So with this new 988 number, how do you think this is going to benefit the state of South Dakota? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tremendous uh, game changer for the crisis response system in South Dakota. You know, in South Dakota, as is true for the rest of the country, When people um, experienced a mental health crisis, oftentimes they didn't know where to reach out, and so they called 911. The folks at 911 are wonderful people, um, but their job is to dispatch law enforcement or emergency services or fire response as quickly as possible. And so people in an emotional or suicide crisis oftentimes um, need somebody to talk with and stabilize them, and they don't necessarily need... um, you know, emergency response, such as a law enforcement officer showing up at their their front door. So I really think it will change how people receive help, that if they call 988 first, 
we'll be able to talk with them and support them and stabilize them. And 80% of the time when we answer phone calls like that, we don't need to provide any additional intervention or provide any additional face-to-face -face support for those individuals. So that means that there will be less burden placed on our law enforcement across the state of South Dakota. And I believe those people in emotional crisis will <clears throat> get a better response for what they're experiencing. You know, some people are still learning about mental health and being mentally health aware, if that makes sense. So if you notice someone or maybe you yourself are struggling with some sort of mental illness, what are some of those common signs? Sure. I think anytime you have a friend or a family member or a loved one that you notice that there's been a change in their behaviors, that's something that you want to pay attention to. <clears throat> You know, and sometimes people will withdraw. They will just not interact with family and friends as much as they used to. Oftentimes you'll see a change in maybe their sleeping habits. They're, they're sleeping all the time or they're hardly sleeping. Um, or you may just notice, you know, kind of uh, they're just not interested in their usual activities. They're not engaging in those. And so, so those are some of the things you can certainly look for in um, family and friends. And then certainly if they're talking about um, the, they're feeling depressed, if they're talking about feelings of anxiety uh, and fear, um, those are things that we want to pay attention to. So if they don't call the Helpline Center or the new 988 number, how could someone help someone that does have a mental health issue. How can someone be that support system for them? You know, the biggest thing you can do is be present with that person to let them know um, that you are there for them, that you care for them, that you want to help, that you're there to listen. Um, and that just in itself is very, very powerful. Um, you know, and then we always want to make sure people know if they're supporting a loved one or a friend or a family that they can reach out um, to uh, get resources from the Helpline Center to help that person that's, that's in need. Um, so you know, let them know that um, those resources are available. So just to kind of run down everything that's happened within a year for you guys, you're in a new building. The 211 number is a statewide number. I think you guys are approaching a year on that. And now you're introducing, the nation is introducing this 988, this 988 number. So Janet, how proud are you to see kind of the growth of everyone being aware of mental health and from now to where, from there to now of where you started? Yeah, it's really kind of amazing when you think back. I've been with the Helpline Center um, to some degree for over 25 years. And, you know, um, back when I started, you know, people just didn't really talk about mental health um, or suicide for that matter at all. And so we have made tremendous strides with just awareness and a, a better comfort level with talking about that with each other and with family members and within the community overall. So I'm extremely proud of the role that the Helpline Center has played in that. You know, we're one small piece of that pie that's been out there raising awareness about mental health and, and suicide. Um, but I think it's made a difference. I think it's allowed people to have that conversation and it's allowed them to know that they can reach out for help and that is okay, that's acceptable to do.
besides my tongue twister of a question that I had there for you, <laughs> have you noticed within our own community here in Sioux Falls that people are starting to open up more to learn about mental health or be willing to, you know, open up a conversation with it? Yes, I would say that there's a definite change in that. Just in conversations, whether you're walking in downtown Sioux Falls or you're at a restaurant, that you'll oftentimes overhear people's conversations where they're bringing up topics of mental health, not necessarily somebody who's in crisis per se, but they're talking about, you know, depression or anxiety, and they're doing it in a way that's very commonplace. Like they're not trying to speak in hushed tones that it's okay to talk about that in a, in, a, in a public way, and it's not shaming any longer. I think there always used to be shame attached to any type of mental health condition, whether that was depression, suicide, or any of the other number of uh, mental health conditions. So I think that is really the biggest difference I've seen is just it's so much more comfortable to talk about it openly. Absolutely, and it can only continue from there. Janet Kittum, she is the CEO of the Helpline Center here in Sioux Falls. Now, Janet, if anybody has any questions about your services, volunteer services, about the nationwide new number 988 or the the statewide number 211, where can they go? Sure. Um, The Helpline Center has our website, helplinecenter.org. You can certainly find all information about any of those programs at our website. Or you can certainly, at this point, you can always call 211, or we're happy to answer those questions. Absolutely. Well, Janet, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. Happy to do it. All right. Once again, that's Janet Kittums. She is the CEO of the Helpline Center. Thanks so much, Janet. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Connie Britton. I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank the CEO of the Helpline Center, Janet Kittums, for joining the program today. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.